Shots fired. What's up? You're tuning in to Shots Fired, a weekly podcast about hip-hop and highlight. We're going to have uh, DJ Paul from the rap group Hangar 18 in a little bit. He's also the director of a movie called Adult Rappers, and that is... Uh, well, I don't even know what an adult rapper is. We're going to find out. It's basically any rapper above the 18 that can vote. I'm sitting here with uh, No Can Do. Yeah, I'm No Can Do. <laughs> Slow and, uptake. It's and, Monday. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a rapper. I don't know if I would call myself an adult rapper. I think, like, an adult rapper is, like, you know, Brian Pumper, you know? <laughs> like like somebody who's, like, an adult movie star slash rapper. Like a guy that, like, you know, like, if Mr. <laughs> if Mr. Marcus were to create, a, like, a rap album. He'd be an adult rapper. I think Ron Jeremy must have a rap album or two somewhere out there. Nah, he, he reminds me of a, like... A Rodney Dangerfield had that lane on lock with rapping Rodney. Exactly. <laughs> Locked. Ron Jeremy reminds me of a new wave motherfucker, though. Uh, he, he had a new wave record. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what's good with you? How was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good, man. I was on super daddy duty, just taking care of the kids. And uh, then, you know, every chance I got to uh, do that, I took the kids to, like, giggles and hugs. And, you know, I just let them run around and play. And then I, like, you know, sent emails and all that shit. And, you know. You don't take your kids to Chuck E. Cheese? Uh, nah, man. You know why? Because they're nicer to you at giggles and hugs. And I take them to Chuck E. Cheese for my, for my family's birthdays when they're, like, you know, from the hood. Like, we have to go to the Chuck E. Cheese in Compton. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's a red passage for any young man. And we just turn it up. Yeah, we just, <laughs> yeah. me and my homie, we let Just play the, some future. Yeah. Just, just throw some balls around. <laughs> Be yeah. like, you deserve it. Exactly. You deserve this piece of pizza. Anyways, yeah. And my, these buffalo wings. So what'd you do, bro? I wrote a lot. I had an article on uh, the movie On the Road, uh, the an adaptation of the Jack Kerouac book, and I actually interviewed Kristen Stewart and uh, the actor Garrett Headland is his name. Your fucking weekend was exciting as fuck. It wasn't exciting because I had to watch that shitty movie. It hurt me because I had to watch a movie. Ah, it was horrible. <laughs> I don't know. Writing is not. There was a great Philip Roth article. We'll get into it. Uh, it was in the New York Times recently. We'll talk about it for the adult rapper kind of segment, but basically. You know, he's like all writing is frustration, all writing is humiliation. So, um, was yeah. he trying to was he trying to rap? What is that like a Anthony Kiedis Phil, rap? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was actually the B side. All writing is frustration. It was the B side to give it away <laughs> <laughs> on uh, from Blood Sugar Sex Magic, Philip Roth's second novel. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So the the title of today's episode. Well, you should tell us the title of today's episode. No can. Oh yeah, a sideway. <laughs> Before we get into that, a side. I, I, I re- looked at my Instagram. And I realized what I did also this weekend. I hung out with fucking supermodels. I forgot that I did that. Yeah, it was tough that, to forget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the title of today's episode is adult rappers. The subject of today's episode is adult rappers. The theme of today's episode is adult rappers. No, actually, it's why rappers fall off. Why rappers? Well, it is why rappers fall off. I think adult rappers, I think the story of adult rappers is very often the story of why rappers fall off. We're going to keep all of that shit. I just said the theme, the title, and the fucking, you know, plot. There's a lot of subtext for you guys to dig into here. Yeah, Just let it churn. Why rappers fall off. You don't, if you don't know what fall off means, it's basically like um, what we say in hip-hop. Uh, for just like just going out of business like you know just like you know ruining your career and uh going into you know it's when you start selling energy drinks it's that's when you start to fall off usually we'll see you know yeah but that's when you get rich usually when you get rich is when you start to fall off but this is a topic we'll uh we'll, we'll get into later we i think right now we should first uh just set it off before we get into our guest with uh 
De La Soul's falling, which I think is the greatest fall, the strong description of a fall off. And it's actually interesting, I think, because not just because it was from the body count, or it was, it was from the uh, Judgment Night soundtrack. Yes! It was, yeah, well, the best song, in my opinion, on the Judgment Night soundtrack. And it was a song, it was a collaboration with Teenage Fa- Fan Club. And the interesting thing about this song, Falling, is it's about basically about you know, falling off. Mm-hmm. and But it was at the time when De La Soul was at their peak and it was like how worried they were about falling off. And now, like 15 years later, 17 years later after that song, I hate to say it, I love De La Soul, but they kind of fallen off. All right, here's the thing, man. Before we get into this, I have to, this, this is my big disclaimer and this is what I'm going to argue this whole time, is that falling off is the rule. You have to fall off one day. I think staying on is... Is it's exceptional. It's exception. It's exceptional. Yeah. It is. I mean, like if you look at any artistic endeavor, whether it's writing, whether it's mo- filmmaking, at some point usually you fall off. Unless, uh, but the greatest, the greatest ones usually ha- do keep it. Like I mean, you have a guy like Neil Young. You know, he's maybe fallen off his top, but he's still like he's still good. Yeah. You know, Dylan is still like fairly. Good. I mean, but you know, and th- the other interesting thing I think to talk about and what we're going to talk about is. I mean, there's a lot of people, like, if you look at the entire 1980s, pretty much every singer from the 1960s and 70s fell the fuck off in the 80s, and a lot of them came back in the 90s. So you can actually have a decade of fall-off and rebound, and, like, we're kind of seeing it right now with rap, and we'll kind of get into it when we talk about it with Paul, because, you know, he's been interviewing dozens and dozens of rappers, you know, he has a lot of experience in the New York uh, underground scene from the late 90s, and a lot of those dudes, unfortunately, have fallen off, but there's plenty of guys that haven't, like LP, Aesop Rock, have not fallen off at all. Yeah. You know, and... Yeah. Uh, you'd, have, you'd have to say, and then, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the New York, like, 90s guys, like the mainstream guys in the, in the 90s, have, all right, have, have been able to, like, propel themselves you know, pretty far. Like, you know, I, I would say, you know, like Jay-Z, you know. Cannabis. P. Diddy. Oh. <laughs> I, I would Fredro, say, Fredro Star of Onyx. I would say, you know, oh, yeah, Fredro Star is still on right now. I'm trying to buy his next record. But, you know, I would say, like, you know, dude, like Busta. Like, he's an example. Yeah. An East Coast example of. Busta still, yeah, Busta still on radio. Fall off, yeah, Busta know? still can get radio hits. Yeah. I mean, and E40, obviously. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. E40 is, E40 is, I think he drinks the blood of, like, you know, like some young. Virgin. Well, now E40 18. He's got an 18 year old son, so he's, now he's just like, now he's just like, he's like, <laughs> and his like, he's like, all right, let's hang out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he's good. Issue is his name. And uh, anyways, all right, we'll we'll start off. We'll play a little uh, Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul Fallen from the Epic Judgment Nine soundtrack. It was a late, it was an early 90s collaboration where they tried to mix metal and uh, rap. I don't know what TJ's fan club is. They're like a indie pop group from England, but their whole that whole fucking soundtrack was like had a couple jams. It was it was, it was really just like like somebody's wet dream. They're just like we're yeah. gonna get Dale and Dinosaur Junior. We're gonna get <laughs> Teenage Fan Club and fucking De La Soul. Yeah, De La Soul. All know? right, so we're gonna do it. We're gonna come back and bring Paul in. Fame. But look what you're doing now. I know. Well, I know. 
I lost touch with reality. Now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Believe Can't it. believe I used to be Mr. Steve Austin on the mic. Six million ways. I used to run it. I guess Oscar Goldman got mad. Cause I got loose circuits. Go loose. I be the mother goose with the eggs that seem to be. While the guitar sways B-side copy for the radio plays for something I knew I blew the whole fandango When the drum programmer wore a kango Never could be like great fish Won't bite bait Realize that I'm over like clover No good luckin' So Mace beat the f***ing beat While the teenage fans are heat I bring it to the clues Paid all my dues So what's going dead? Let me use my forehead Easy pack it up, man, let me stop stalling Cause everything I do is like falling So yeah, that song, I mean, <laughs> I love it because it starts out, remember when I used to be dope. Yeah, I mean, that's the, that that song is like the most fun way to like, uh, fun way to talk about your worst fear. You yeah, know? it's like he's lost touch with the reality and now my personality is an unwanted commodity. Yeah, I think that's like, 
because they were because they were so dope at the time. That's the only reason why they could really do that song. Yeah, you know? because it was not even it was not even a nowhere near a reality. You know. And to be fair, they were like consistently like innovative for a long time, probably longer than any group I think ever was in in rap. Yeah, and that's really hard for a group to do. Yeah, I mean, because if you think about it, what Three Feet High and Ri- Three Feet High and Rising was ninety or ninety one, and then they were still they had that song with Ooh Red Man, like that was well into the like the mid nineties. That was fifteen was years. That the mid nineties, or was and, that the like the what, early two thousands, dude? No, it was early. You're right. It was the early two thousands, and then they had Grind Date, which was like two thousand four, I think. Is that and that the was one still a really good record. MF Doom. Yeah, that was the one with MF oh. Doom. So they were still good in two thousand four. Yeah, so, I, mean, I saw them rock at Coachella a couple of years ago. The same year that uh, Jay-Z played, and it was on the same day. And honestly, they had the illest set for any rap group. I mean, I thought they did better than Jay-Z. Uh, just because I think what they what they do is more suited for the festival circuit. I, I agree, and I'm not trying to like hate on them because Dela is obviously one of the greatest groups. But you know, when I did see them, I remember seeing them when I was in college. So this is like the early 2000s, and they were doing kind of the call and response. You know, what side of the crowd mm-hmm. is the livest? And I remember I was like 18, 19 years old, and I remember thinking it was kind of corny even at that time because I was already like used to my generation of rap where it wasn't like yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was very. You, it's weird, and that's I think the thing that we'll talk about is like the young kids come in, they instinctively don't like what the previous generation, like the kids three, four years older. Fuck yeah! Like I remember being like, I didn't think Rock Him or Big Daddy Kane or any of those. Do- I didn't care when I like because I was like, fuck it. Well, the Chronics out, Wu Tang's out. Like why do I need to hear what what my older brother wanted if I had an older brother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I did. I made him up. He was my friend. <laughs> Wait, I can't. Yeah, believe like, I admitted that on the you air. Found like a like a like a guilty uh, like a mentally challenged guy from the neighborhood that's a little older than you that you can boss around. Yeah, I could play softball with him. It was wonderful. <laughs> softball and bocce ball. It was, it was like, like sling blade. It was a glorious time. Yeah. Anyway, so we're gonna take a break right now after after we've learned my deepest darkest secrets, and we're gonna come back uh, with Paul. DJ Paul. DJ Paul. If you leave your drink around him, your drink is going to get drunk up. Yeah. All right. Shots fired. We want to hear what you have to say about Shots Fired. We've talked about Ratchet, Gangnam Style, and Sad Robot Music. But what will we talk about next? What's weird in the world of hip-hop that you, the consumer, would like us to cover? Just go to the forums at Earwolf and post your comments about Shots Fired. And while you're at it, you can rate and review the show on iTunes. Now back to Shots Fired. Shots Fired. This is Shots Fired. Hope you enjoyed that commercial break with us selling you stuff. Uh, I'm here with my co-host Jeff Weiss and our special guest Paul Yanakino. What's up? You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. The, the last name. I nailed the last name. We're talking about how difficult that might be to pronounce. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Paul, uh, he also went by the name DJ Paul when he was in uh, the rap group uh, Hangar 18. Not to be confused with DJ Paul of 3-6 Mafia. We will be making drink jokes the whole time. In fact, we are drinking drink. If you leave your girl around them, believe your girl is going to get fucked. Yeah. If you bring, leave your weed around them, your smoke is going to get smoked up. Is that the lyric? Is that how it goes? I don't, I don't know. Something it's like Monday that. morning. Something about it's something about know. just like don't leave shit around, man. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up after yourself. Nigga. I just wanted to find out where they could get those little honey bottles of syrup, like in the th- sipping on some syrup video. Yeah. Or like the little bear bottles of syrup. I don't know. It'd be a bitch to clean though. Anyways, well, let's start. All right, Paul. Paul has a new movie uh, he's working on right now, actually. It's called Adult Rappers. And, you know, how did you kind of get into the uh, idea to make a film about that? Uh, it actually started as a joke, um, like all great ideas. It, because um, having spent a little bit of time uh, in, the, in the business of making music um, and doing that whole thing for a while, 
uh, when I started to transition out, I was I was working um, with a friend, and my phone rang like three consecutive times with people from my music life, mm-hmm. and I made a joke that I have too many adult rappers in my life. Yeah. Um, and then we got to talking about how some of our friends uh, that had done music started transition out, and some of them didn't. Some of them probably lingered too long, and, and talking about the idea of people that. Or whether they're aware of it or not, do they have an expiration date? Yeah, know, as an artist, uh, as a musician. Yeah, I actually I saw it in the clip you have uh, available. You can watch it online. Um, and you talked to J Zone. Mm-hmm. I think J Zone is a really interesting example of somebody like that. I mean, J Zone obviously. I mean, I, if you don't know who J Zone is, I mean, he's he's one of the better, most unsung underground rappers. I'd say the late '90s, kind of kind of very much in that vein of, of De La Soul, kind of like. Prince Paul, like you know, it's interesting because like well, the thing about I didn't I didn't discover Jay Zone until uh, you know Cover Park Continuation School nineteen ninety nine two thousand two thousand one that that era yeah that's and before I, I did I didn't know that he existed uh, yeah. I didn't know that, know that he existed you know pre sound bombing or something like that you know but uh, everything that he every he was like a cult he was like a cult phenomenon uh, to me and my homies because it was that like him R.A. the rugged man it was like that dirty white boy rap you know like it was like oh this guy's gonna say whatever the fuck you want it was like it was like Eminem but like less pop you know and uh, and he made his own beats too he was like kind of a head of, head of uh, he was ahead of his time in, in that aspect because a lot of there was there weren't too many rapper producers that were like you know out there like you know producing their, their whole pieces yeah. of work yeah know? I mean he has an album called Pimps Don't Pay Taxes which is probably the best one I would mm-hmm. I would check I would recommend you guys check out but you know I guess the mm-hmm. point of it is he just wrote a book called Roof of the Villain and I know you talked to him about that but it you know it's basically he quit he quit and it, it wasn't like he quit at the top and it's it was kind of the reality that you know you could be really great and you could get all this props I mean he talks about you know how Danger Mouse loved him um you know, Prince Paul was a huge fan. You could have the respect of like the guys that you'd hope to kind of get admiration from, but you might not make enough money to kind of keep going. He tells that story actually. The the it's amazing when he tells it. The night that he quit, he was on stage at the Knitting Factory here in L.A. Mm-hmm. and Danger Mouse and CeeLo and Prince Paul and you know insert L.A. you know celebrities here. Yeah. We're all backstage, and there was three people watching his show. Yeah, and yeah. he was the headliner. So he was just like. I think my crew opened up for him, and we stole all of his beers. Like, that's how we used to do back in the day. <laughs> that's why he retired. You yeah, yeah. actually customer service. Nah, real talk. All right, I, it's so funny that you can have critical like you can have critical acclaim, and then you can have fans, and you can have like a mixture of both. You yeah. know, and I think uh, you know uh, I, just, I I think sometimes just being too cool, being too too good musically, and then not being you know uh, being fucking. Uh, being people's champ enough that's that's what'll make you fall off not not being able to make that money you know and so like, i can't like you know I, I can't i can't even feel sorry for the guy like if i fell off i'd be like oh shit it's because you know I, my business wasn't tight you know like insane clown posse has, has always sucked but you know their fucking branding is amazing i also have a lot of respect yeah. for them because they're putting out uh 187 hutch solo records from above the law Right now. Oh, what? Yeah, because it, say what you want about Insane Clown Posse, they might like drink Fago soda and spray it all of each other and wear makeup and wonder why magnets work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but How do they work? I don't know. <laughs> that is, you know, they got a lot of shit. No one knows. <laughs> God? I'm not a scientist. <laughs> I think Jesus was the answer to all those questions yeah. is my theory on that. But yeah, yeah I mean, why do you think, you know, we're kind of talking about, fall, you know, we're talking about falling. I know, I know obviously the film is kind of more about, you know, 
the fact that there is like kind of this entire group of people who you know might not be on the radio, like they're not Jay Z, but they do make a living making music and have for ten years, you know, which I guess is like kind of the, the ultimate dream, right? Like mm-hmm. you're you're kind of doing your mm-hmm. dream, but it's obviously like a lot more difficult than that, you mm-hmm. know, like you. The, you, you people see the glamour, and there's a lot of people I think like underground rap fans who think their their uh, their favorite rappers are bigger than they actually are in oh, terms yeah. of the money. You know when they're really like yeah, the stage will do that to you. But so this this one one thing I uh, I have to ask uh, and just want a quick answer. What is uh, by your definition? What is an adult rapper like? What what are the criteria that make you by by your definition that that make you an adult rapper? It's a it's a great question, and we ask everybody yeah. that we interview. I mm-hmm. think it's as simple as um, someone that makes rap for mm-hmm. their job, mm-hmm. and like you know, we talked to Evidence yesterday, and he he said, you know, I'm an adult, I have adult sized bills, and mm-hmm. I rap. So oh, okay. you know, it's, so a, it's it can be as simple as that. I mean, I think there's there's varying degrees of of that definition but you know people that um it, it, and then the flip side is Merce who says I know I know a lot of mm. old rappers that don't act like a fucking adult yeah, you yeah, know yeah. to have their kids around with them on the road and don't act the way that, that you would think a 30 something year old man yeah I mean look, look, at, my, look at Micah 9 in the uh <laughs> yeah still taking DMT shout out to Micah that's a lot of respect it's <laughs> amazing he's the Hunter Thompson of rap yeah you know. I tried to told you. <laughs> yeah, I tried to tell seriously. you. Seriously, freestyle fellowship is his hell's angels in fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Cool. So, all right. Well, so, do you think uh, how how is is it like more common that there are adult rappers, or is it like you know they they, they used to be this you know thing yeah. saying that like the music the music industry is a young man's game, Inter- entertainment. Well, is a young I, th- man, yeah. young man's I think game. back in the day, I think like uh, you know a lot of the '80s rappers couldn't get deals in the '90s. You know what made like or they it was on a tiny tiny indie and there was no internet, so you really didn't hear about their albums. Being I also out. think it's a genre that doesn't age well. Yeah, hip hop does not age well. It's it's a it's a youth driven music. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and the genre is historically still very young yeah so it's we're in it it's an interesting time because it's the first time of course i don't know how old you guys are but 29 okay so 48 there you go (laughs) i'm i'm 71 um the the guys that i grew up listening to were in there were these guys his age you know the dudes that rock him i mean what was he 19 years old when he was doing all that you know you were that that's not new that 16, 17, 18 year old kids are seeing 30 year old dudes on stage. That's not yeah. a new thing. Yeah. It's the sheer number of yeah. rappers well, and people that try to pursue this as a career. Um, and how many of, you know, as they all continue to get older, yeah. you just have this volume of people that. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you you're like, make, sometimes you, you think like, make a living. sometimes I mean, you think like, yeah, that person is still making music? I think, yeah. Paul Barman. You said that. Me. Yeah. Paul Barman. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Bar- nah, I mean, whatever. Like people throwing <laughs> Whatever. I used to rap like blame. Paul Barman. It's fine. It's fine. Not intentionally, but that was why I stopped. See, <laughs> as, as an artist, like, all right, like, r- real talk, like, I'm, like, I'm, there's, there's plenty of times when, like, you know, I'll be around somebody, like a, a, another dude, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to quit, and whoop de whoop de whoop And it's like, you know, they're doing, they're doing by, by my standards, they're doing well, but they're not where they projected being, you know? And I'm like, you know, like, I, 
Yeah, like I, I don't think that that quitting should be an option if it's really what, what you want to do. Whether or not the market is fucking screaming your name, or you know, or, or you know, or, or or if motherfuckers are telling you to go away. But I, th- I think the, well, I think it actually kind of raises. You're kind of raising another interesting point. Is and I hate to say this because it's going to come off bad, but a lot of people that were rapping maybe in the '90s or even the '80s were rappers, but they might not have been artists. Mm-hmm. And I think to really transition to have a long career, you have to be an artist because you have to be able to like evolve. You have to you, you're gonna have to find a new style you know i think andre 3000 is kind of the most interesting of this because like whenever he had an interview mm. not that long ago where he was talking about he was basically lamenting the fact that he's like the he's like i don't have the new flows yeah he's like i don't have that young energy that i had and even like when he says on that song sorry with ti he's like i used to be a much better rapper you know when i was not driving a porsche and when i had an apartment instead of a house in the hill yeah but like he's still pretty dope <laughs> i was gonna say for me me as a fan fan of lyricism like you know the, the early the early the early raps you know weren't as good as the the, the latest raps yeah i mean he's just he's he's just by, he by better by, by better rapper he means probably like more of a like a rapper rapper but like not yeah. so much as like an entertainer everything he, he says he's just he, you can't trust him necessarily you can't always trust him because like he was always weird from the start like he was you know he went sober mm-hmm. and started wearing a turban in like 1996 when like it was like Tupac was like just well, I was running gonna, it I was gonna say like he, like he went weird when doing that would make you gay everybody was like totally. that guy just turned gay on because it was after the early this. 90s weirdness <laughs> like when everyone was like dressing it was like it was like gangsta yeah, was, yeah like yeah. Middle of the you know dog pound was like yeah. everywhere, and then Andre is like yeah. you know. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we lost our bearings. We, so we're, <laughs> gonna go to, we're gonna go to a commercial break. Uh, yeah, <laughs> shots fired. Shots fired. Earwolf.com isn't the only place where you can hear shots fired. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. Be sure to leave a review and a five-star rating so more new listeners can find the show. Big shout-out to Connie Wilson, Nicholas McElvaney, and Matthew Trumbo for leaving five-star reviews for Shots Fired. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. Shots Fired! Hey, we're back from a non-existent commercial break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> This is Shots Fired with Jeff Weiss. My name what is up? No Can Do, and I'm here with DJ Paul. I would say his last name, but I only got... Yanachino. I only got, you know, prepped on it once. Yanachino. Yeah. yeah, now we're going to start, we're gonna start uh, because we're horrible misanthropes and cynics, we're going to start talking about kind of the rappers that did fall off that we really loved, I think. Because I, I think for you to really care if somebody fell off, like, you have to have, like, really loved them at some point. I'm going to just start, I'm just going to go right into it, because, I, like, this is just a personal... We can go one for one, one for one. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep I got a few Anyways, but this is the most <laughs> I only pers- got like three so I was in college right like any any co- stoned college kid and I was a big fan of Talib Kuli because it was the late 90s and that, that's what you did if you were in college you just got rid of my fucking in the late three. 90s Thank you. yeah well <laughs> fucking taking them out one at a time so I remember like I mean I think it was my junior year of college I was a big fan of Reflection Eternal. I was a big fan of uh, the Black Star record. And like even the early singles, you know, um, that he was dropping that Kanye produced on his second record, Quality. But uh, I remember telling a friend, I was like, I must have seen Quality five times one spring or one summer or something. And I went to my friend, I was like, Tilip Cooley's never going to fall off. <laughs> never would sell out, never would fall off. And my friend just looked at me and he had foresight and now he's a lawyer. So he's obviously ahead of me in every facet of existence. <laughs> and you still was- writing? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm balling. I feel like as a writer, they're like, oh, still writing? Cute. He's <laughs> still doing that. Uh, and uh, But yeah, I mean, and I, for him, like, I mean, I was such a big fan. And like, in hindsight... I guess you kind of could sense that it probably Talib Kuli was not, you know, because his top, he was, his style was very late 90s, those kind of punchline, kind of the way it was structured. Mm-hmm. And the moment that kind of went out, you know, his politics, as, as you get older, you kind of have to articulate, I think, a more nuanced politics or more, it just seemed 
I don't know. And then he, then I guess the other thing was he started trying to like, well, it was an interesting thing about the late nineties backpack rockers. They tried to make you kind of forget that they were like, I'm like, Tully you were the guy that said the manifesto. That's what you sold yourself as. You were like, I'm this guy that's a reaction to this. And then you have Ace Hood on your song. Mm -hmm. I think it's the issue of branding, bro. That's all, that's all it is. It's like, look, I branded myself so well as this like conscious guy, this guy that's got like all this like these political concerns. Yeah, he owned like a bookstore in in, like Brooklyn and things like that, you know? And then, uh, once that once that kind of fell out of uh, fell out of favor with with the people, you're left to say, "What the fuck do I do now? Do I yeah. just make a hit? Do I just make yeah. a, a whatever?" And uh, he has an album. He, he had a song called that. He had a song called "Prisoner of Conscious," and it's like "Prisoner of Conscious," but like and like trying to be like, "Oh, it was the fans," but it was like, "No, it was you. You made. You were the one leading the fans." But on the flip side, most deaf, who is a yeah. motherfucker that. You know, I don't know. If, I, I wouldn't say dope. that he's fa- falling off. No, but you, he, can't, you can't say he's falling off. His it, last album was, he was good. He was less less selling like a way of thinking, and he was more selling just music. You know, like his yeah. he didn't come out with his his first big single wasn't something about like you know the people it was about Miss Fat Booty. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like sex in like, which is like yeah, which is almost like if you that is sex in clubs will always happen. You know, nightclub yeah. life and like yeah, you know, the and then he got go- and then he got Ghostface on the remix. Yeah, 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 real talk. Yeah, so you know, this I think. I think Talib Kweli just put himself into a fucking corner, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like, you just- yeah, but you, I mean, you bring up a good point too because those guys sort of bridge a, a time period before when it, like when people talk about the rap versus hip hop, like mm-hmm. that's gone. Yeah, when yeah. it used to be like all about skills and lyrics and are you? I'm not a rapper. I'm an MC. Yeah, like yeah. people don't say that anymore. Yeah, you look. Yeah, yeah. like those, the four those, elements. Those, like, guys, yeah. those guys straddle that time period. And you said you know, like it became about his branding yeah. because he was still you know trying to actively pursue his career when shit transitioned yeah, yeah and it yeah. wasn't you when know, they put him on a, it didn't wasn't well i guess rock is sold so i guess wasn't he technically on a major label with uh i mean get by was on the radio he had to be on the major label yeah didn't it didn't Ruckus become Ruckus, mca yeah Ruckus became they, mca yeah, yeah. and then get by was on the radio you know kanye was making his beats and right yeah. then i mean i feel like it's another thing i i guess we'll probably talk about it more later is like once you get that initial wave of uh attention you kind of become yesterday's news a lot of the time. Like, once you mm-hmm. pop, like, it's very hard to kind of... If you don't keep on producing singles, people forget or, it. You know? Look at Paul Wall, look at Mike Jones, somebody like it, that. But if you do keep producing singles, you get... You, uh, you oversaturate the market. Yeah. The one thing that everybody everybody should learn, and this goes back to one of our earlier ep- episodes, uh, Swag Dracula. <laughs> this is one thing Yo, that you should learn. It's vital. If a good Swag Dracula? If you're, if you're <laughs> one of those guys, if you don't know what Swag Dracula is... I have is, no idea. It's when you take... A young, let's say you're an older artist and you've got the industry behind you, you've got some infrastructure, you've got, you know, old people thoughts, right? But your style is out of date. You take a young guy and you suck his style. <laughs> yeah. Out him, and you, and you put it in skinny jeans. And yeah, and you put, <laughs> and you put it out before, before he can. Right. You know, before he can make an impact. The, the archetypal example was Jay-Z with Young Chris. Jay-Z with Young Chris. Yeah. Because when so, Young Chris came out, everyone was like, oh, you sound like Jay-Z. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. Or, I mean, and, and you know, and it's like, but basically, like this as as a young rapper in the uh-huh. scene, bro. Like to keep it one hundred and ten, like, like you know, me and my homie Flacco, we're like yeah. all out out at clubs during during yeah. that time. Like Talib Kweli was the type of guy who 
you know, was like an asshole to the young to the young guys. Yeah, like oh, like we'll, we'll be backstage or some shit, you know. And like he's one of those guys who's just like, you know, nobody can walk by my dressing room type type of shit. He like to the opening acts, he's not embracing them. Yeah. So guess what? You're gonna get stale if you don't if you're not able to fucking uh, interact w- with the youth. Yeah. you know. It also helps if yeah. you're fun too. But like, on, on, on the flip on the flip side, me not and, so fun. Yeah, he's not so fun. <laughs> but on the flip side, me and my homie, me and my homie Flacco met. Most deaf, and yeah. it was on some sit down, chill, soak it up. Go to the strip club. <laughs> I mean, most, if, we, if we would have said go to the strip club, that would have ended up happening. Yeah, you know. So blah 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 blah. Keep pushing. Yeah. All right, Paul. Yeah, that's a. Oh. I mean, that's a personality thing too. Just to go back to quality, I think the other thing that people underestimate is how difficult it is to create a hit record. Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. And the quality is the is the the pinnacle of his yeah. musical creation. That, the quality. Yeah. That and one. That, yeah. And then what do you do? And also yeah. that Kanye should have never stopped sampling soul samples. Yeah, yeah that was... We can all agree on that. Yeah. <laughs> I like when he does Steely Dan, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, so what's your pick, James? No can, dude. Dude, my pick, my pick is... Or these are the, it's basically two of the same guys, but uh, it's two... It's, it's not fair. Nah, it's just I'm going to do one and one for right now. Okay. It's uh, DMX. <laughs> DMX, who... Had a big influence on uh, on a lot of, on a lot of us, you know. Um, ATV purchasing, yeah, yeah. Uh, eight, what ATV purchases? ATV purchases, yeah. yeah he, yeah, he. Everybody, that, that wanted went up. ATV. Every, I stopped wearing. I stopped video. wearing a shirt after that video. <laughs> I was at school with just a fucking chain on and no shirt. But, I bought uh, a lifetime su- supply of grease just to <laughs> bathe myself in after that. But like, I called it Dame Grease. Ha-ha. But so like Kendrick yeah. Lamar even said it on his new record, like you know, like you know they were inspired by you know it's dark and hell is hot, like in the garage, like doing that, and you can hear the influence yeah. of uh, of of DMX on Kendrick Lamar and songs like you know uh, swimming pools with the whole like you know a good and evil side talking back and forth to yourself. Yeah. He was like. At the time, he was the most creative major label rapper. You know, like, he was, like, you know, he was street. He was intelligent. He was aggressive. He was fucking, you know, heartfelt. Yeah. I think he, he had the street cred, too, because he came up in that, like, night. He was, you know, he was, like, yeah. you know. He had, he had the street cred, like, on some, like, gang, on some, yeah. on some like, gang culture shit. He had the street cred on, on the, like, the he was the battle, He was unsigned high rapper source shit. in, like, 94. Yeah. You know? You know? But, uh. You know, he he also had Def Jam putting them out when they were like going through this big, you know, going through this big like re uh, re emergence or whatnot. But then he, I think he just put out one too many records and he kind of over uh, and the crack. Yeah, <laughs> did not. But he was on thing. coke before Drug, though. Nah, but you know what? I talked to DJ Quick once yeah. and DJ Quick like as we were leaving, this was like off the record. And of course, I'm saying this is on the record right this now. Is on though. the record now. <laughs> no, but it, he looked at me and as he went, he was like, you know, and we smoked all day long because DJ Quick is that is that dude that will smoke blunts all day with you yeah. and roll them. And then so Quick <laughs> looks at me and he's like, you know, he's just thinking, talking to himself and he's like, you know, I think the reason why I never really fell off because DJ Quick probably is has fallen off less than any rapper ever. He might be better than he was when he was 20. Yeah. And uh, he was like, you know, he's like, I think the reason why I never really fell off is because I never really did coke like that and it never really fried my brain. And yeah. I think like coke or crack, like a lot of the time, if you look at a writer, like Hunter Thompson is one of my favorite rap writers of all time. Yeah. But that shit, I mean, after 76, he fell the fuck off. Well, and like, well, this is, I, there's a book called, uh, there's a book uh, that I was reading about, about business. It's called How the Mighty Fall. And there's, uh, it, it talks about five steps of how, like, how the mighty fall. And one of them, which is a pretty important one, is, I think it's like the first one, is, da 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 da, da is hubris born of success. Yeah. And you know what happened? Well, if you, let's say you get success already, right? And you're a little arrogant, you're feeling yeah. yourself. When you sniff coke, 
You're yeah. going to be hella arrogant. That's true. And so I don't think it, like, frying your brain, I don't think that's what it does. I've always said the best friend you can have is someone who tells you you're whack. Like, if someone, if you, <laughs> no, 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 if you do something bad, and like, just look, I don't care what artist you are, I don't care what kind of field of art you're doing. Yeah. If you're going to do bad, like, the majority of the stuff that you do will probably not be that great. And yeah. like, it could be good, but you might have done it, and you might need to rework that. And a good friend will tell you it's not good. A uh, bad friend is going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Man, everything you do is the best, man. Yeah, well, yeah, you that's, some that's, money? that's a yes, man. But like, to clarify, clarify somebody that tells you you that's suck a hater, is not though. a friend. No, that's uh, a like, <laughs> like, somebody that tells you that not, not if they that frame you're, it that you're fucking human and that, you know, like, hard work Can and I just work out ideas? my issues with my dad on the air? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I take actually I wanted to say right now before we get in before Paul has his word that I, I take great offense to you saying the DMX fell fell off because today on the internet he released a new song it's it's holiday themed I think we should probably just play it and I think this is yeah. my proof that oh, he hasn't oh, fallen off okay so. but uh, after y'all gonna make me lose my mind he was done right that's, uh, that, that, that song until was, today that song uh, the shark just, got jumped I mean but people come back people yeah. come back my, but he fell off for a decade my favorite DMX though line is where he's like I'm not a nice person. But it was like, he's like, I'm not a nice person. And you're like, did you see that amazing. video where DMX you just like discovered that. Google? Yes. That's I like when amazing. DMX talks about Drake. Yeah. No, but it's amazing. Yeah. That you was know, amazing. He doesn't, it's the, he can't even understand the, the idea of Google in the abstract. Like the, <laughs> the, the, you type in a word and it returns. Off top, that should be, that should be Google's, uh, that should be like a commercial for Google. Yes. Like sponsored, like you just pay DMX oh some, some money. Absolutely. And it's just like, you know. Him using Google. Him using Google. All right. That's genius. That'll, yeah. Now we're going to play the evidence why DMX has not fallen off. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're trying to be right. funny. I think is it's it going to be the worst shit ever. Is it the Reading Rainbow? It's holiday thing. No, it's, it's Reading hol Rainbow? It's, no, it's good. <laughs> so I wow. printed the lyrics of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And would you, I know the lyrics. Would you do us the honors of spitting Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Had a very shiny nose uh, And if you ever saw him You would even say it close Come on! Come on! All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Come on! Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you ride my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him, and they shouted out weekly, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you go down to history forever, you go down to history forever, you go down to history. What? Yeah. One thing I have to say is, that that didn't show me that he didn't fall off. That didn't show me that. Like, all right, falling off is like such a vague word. The talent is still there, and that's just that's something cool. That's yeah. viral. That's world star material. Everybody's gonna see that. And think I it's funny. It's gonna, I posted that. It's gonna keep him. His keep his name in podcasts like this. But that's why he didn't fall off. In terms, huh? That's great. But in terms of like you the know cadence, producing like the flow. The lyrics? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm supposed to be the color commentary, <laughs> and you're the info guy. You gotta stop this. You gotta stop. <laughs> We're quitting again. <laughs> no more no more shots fired. It's your fault. <laughs> Paul, it's your fault. I apologize. It's also chicken or the egg, too, of, fa of falling off versus when people stop looking in your general direction. Yeah. You know, and which one of those things happens first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's true. Um, do, you yeah. have, do, you, do you have anyone Shots who fired. you think? <laughs> do you have anyone who you think fell off, or is this going to just offend oh, everyone you've ever met? I still am. I'm still trying to um, get people in front yeah. of the camera. So yeah, I, I mean, of course. Of course, and, um, yeah, I, there's there's no time to hold your fucking tongue, bro. Yeah. This, this is this is not the place to do it. Yeah, no I, one listens to this. Yeah, <laughs> don't I, tell him. I think the thing I think the thing that always kills me is like I love new artists because what they're doing is new. Um, but not, I also, well, and I, not unless your name is Joey Badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not pop music. I mean, people that are that are sort of doing something new and and they're not making music for me because yeah. I'm older and yeah. the guys that I loved are old now. Mm-hmm. They, I look at them, le- the older guys, less has fallen off and more of like, there's a lot of people that need a reality check about, yeah. you know, their place in the world. And, yeah, yeah. and are they really trying to challenge themselves artistically or are they mm-hmm. just, there's some old man shit that goes on and it's not unique to hip hop where it's like, but I deserve to still be here cause I'm yeah. older than you, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And we talked a little bit about it with Merce cause obviously he deals a lot with it on pay dues where he hears directly from cats who are like, well, why am I on yeah, not yeah. on the bill? I'm older than that cat. You ever see like I've Melly Mel forever? Be, you, Melly Mel gets interviewed and he is he's angry. He's pissed. Or KRS? I mean, yeah, like absolutely. that's and that's an interesting thing because KRS right now. I mean, he's got to be in your top ten greatest rappers, top twenty at least. And I, you couldn't pay me enough money to listen to KRS or one song in 2012. I, I've heard I've heard from many people that he's not a very happy individual. Yeah. As we tried to chase him down, he's a salty but, dude. When, when it's all said and done, the music business is exactly that it is a business yeah. where motherfuckers sell music bro yeah. mm-hmm. and like if you unless unless your product is 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 like you know fire and it doesn't mean like it has to it it has to be like like everything else or it has to be in the same vein you look at guys like mf doom when when he got his second resurgence it was like it was not it wasn't like what everybody else was doing but it was new and fresh it was challenging and that's that's why those guys get get success and a lot of people like a lot of people in the music industry they think it's because people don't like them or they think that like you know they that that they should have more friends and friends should help them out and like nah dude like like people like you you're a cool guy but your last album wasn't what what it should have been you didn't spend enough time like you yeah. know writing songs like really i think no i think that's writing, a very good example you know? actually because it leads right into the next thing i was going to talk about but like like i'm probably the biggest ghostface killer fan there is or and meth too method men from wu-tang and both of don't smoke meth don't yeah no <laughs> i only smoke charm you Fuck know that teeth up yeah but so i mean i feel those guys and ghostface is a prime example because it's like when you i think when you get older you you don't have that initial like wellspring of ideas that you're you're tapping from like i remember like i was reading about these writers and i think they were talking about someone asked saul bellow what it was like when he was like 31 and writing henderson the rain king and he described it as like it was like literally like like just buckets of rain you know what i mean yeah, like yeah. and coming into his mind and i think as you get older you kind of have to be like a guy like ghostface right like ghostface probably has been and he's one of those guys who i think's had more longevity than almost any rapper yeah. fish scale was great in 2006 and he came into the game in 93 so it's 13 years, which is more than most. You know, most people get three, four years. But, you know, he's put out, like, five albums in, like, five years. And, like, I think, like, at some point, you know, if you keep on... And you have to get paid. And that's the other thing that we're not talking about, really, is, like, you can't just, like, say you're, like, making a living off rap. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to take off three years, write some songs, really come back with something great. Because you have kids, you have a mortgage, you have bills to pay. And, like, it doesn't really afford you that. So, like, it kind of speeds up the fall off because you're trying to put out music every year. And especially now with the internet... It's just like a constant treadmill. That's a big. That's a big part of what we talk about in the film because uh, Lewis Logic is the one who nails it when he mm-hmm. talks about he was like the punchline twelve-inch king. You know, he yep. never did a, an album, and when he finally put a CD out, had a CD, it was really a collection of those twelve inches. 
and it he hit the road and it, there he is he finds himself on the road and goes oh fuck this is what it is I have to be a road dog for 200 days a year yeah. in these tiny little bars and yeah. that's how I make a living and I do, and that's a big part of Jay's own is a big part yeah. in the film and he feels a responsibility mm. like and he talks about it really openly in the book like, to demystify that and pull yeah. the curtain back on the business of entertaining a little bit to go you don't become a YouTube millionaire and then sit at your house and collect checks mm -hmm. and write records every three years. Yeah. Like, you have to fucking work your ass off harder than most regular nine to five jobs. Oh, yeah. If that's what you want to do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is also who they're hanging out with. Like, if you hang out with, like, we were talking about the Swag Dracula thing earlier, but I think if you hang out with, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the younger people, people, younger creative people, really good musicians. We're talking about ghost people with money. Yeah, <laughs> you hang, like yeah. you don't hang out with a bunch of people that are like in your pocket. Yeah, I you mean, know? if you talk about like Ghostface, I mean, I think one of the reasons why Supreme clientele, you know, there was always that rumor like, oh, that superb ghost wrote it because Fifty basically started, uh, Yayo and Fifty basically started that because they're just still salty from Clyde <laughs> Smith. Evil. Clyde Smith's kid, they are pure evil. But I don't think it was that like Superb really wrote anything, but I think like he kind of absorbed his youthful energy. You know, also Ghostface just came out of jail, so he kinda I think I had some some stories to tell. Yeah. I mean if if you're writing songs, man, you gotta have you gotta have life, man. You gotta have shit go on yeah. to to fuel those songs yeah. because, you know, rap is slang for talk and yeah. if you're not talking about something that people wanna hear or that other people are going through, then it's not yeah. gonna it's not gonna resonate well, with Well I think the, the other way you know, we we were gonna talk about it, we might as well public. talk about it right now, but like Q, right? And I think like how close you know how close you are to the streets i mean like i don't like like i fucking know but you can tell <laughs> ah, like real like i fucking hey, but know like right but now you live in echo park homie you know it's okay yeah. that's i mean it's, that's hip it's streets it's, it's it's what it is you're yeah. in the vein of things that are popping it's right? sort of like that jay-z song streets is watching but yeah the, the streets, yeah, are streets watching. is watching me order tacos at the taco truck <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's where the streets be though yeah, yeah. so but yeah but like cube right like all right and the Q, ice cube might not have ever been like a gangster right like i think we've all but at the same time like he obviously had a street like there was a street knowledge to him you know you couldn't mm -hmm. have written that shit but once you get a hundred million dollars, like what was J was Ice Cube gonna go out and hang out in Compton and like he's not going he can't and yeah. you lose access to what the slang is you lose access to what the rhythm of, you know a the pul it's a pulse it's if you're an artist I think you're yeah. you're attuned to everything yeah yeah I I, I think like w w with a guy like Ice Cube maybe he should have. Uh like I look at like older older rappers and uh, you know and they have these like long careers and uh, and I like I have to compare him to Jay Z I have yeah. to yeah. but you know like a guy like Jay Z you know was like hey I'm just gonna you know be the head of the label and try to sign a bunch of guys yeah. like you know like take some time take some time off like you don't have to like yeah quit tried to you do that too actually you don't have yeah he was like an A and R he's a Warner Brothers yeah yeah you don't have to let you don't have to let the demands of the public like push you around you know yeah. you don't have to like hey, I mean maybe you just want to be on stage like that but like you know do something else with your, with your time then when you feel it you know go back in and fucking make a record you yeah know? yeah like I don't know. Yeah, I, I want to go to my my next one. Yeah. Juvenile. Yeah. Mr. Back That Ass Up. I was in a bar hanging out with models and, you know, fucking, you know, Back That Ass Up came on. And Same I was just, with models. Just, we were talking about Kafka. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, and they were like, they only wanted to talk about Chomsky. And I was like, bitch. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that voice. Yeah. No, you know, odd. but no, nah, you know, I'm just hanging out or, or whatnot. Back That Ass Up came came on. I thought about Drake, I, Drake's version, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> the one that'll make the you only cry. One, the only one that matters. <laughs> yeah, back that ass up. Yeah. No, yeah. no, oh no real God. talk. There's that's real. He has Drake it's, did a version. He, has, of it. he didn't do a version of it. He just like paid homage to it. It's lacrimose. <laughs> oh my god! But like you know, that was a big song, you know, and and and, and you know, ha 
was a big was a big song and um I I want to say I want to ask I want to ask you guys why do you think an artist like a a, a blow up artist like Juvenile why do you think he fell off DJ Paul didn't he go to jail is no. he still in jail? No, you think of mystical. Oh yeah, yeah. you could pick a cash money or no limit rapper though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a I, I, with someone like Juvenile, I think it's that their their window, his fifteen minutes was up. You yeah. know, like that. There was not a lot of room to evolve in mm. that style of mm -hmm. hip hop. He did his thing, and it was huge, and it was summertime well, song, and the also, South blew up. Also, don't underestimate like a, a producer. Like you can't underestimate. Yeah. That's like the biggest other thing. Like is that he had, Manny Fresh? He had Manny Fresh yeah. at the height of Manny Fresh's like everything Manny Fresh was doing. Yep. And the truth is, if you are like, if I was a rapper, I would be working con like like <laughs> yeah 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 constantly. I mean, but the truth is like like, and that's like we're gonna we're gonna talk about other rappers, but like, like Juicy J, we're gonna talk about that later. But like he got beat from Lex Luger and Mike Will made it. So mm. all of a sudden, his his old style, which aged well got put into this brand new style and it, it was new all right so is, the, is the, uh, my thing i think he got fucking cannibalized by his label well, that's part of it too. i think he yeah. got like basically you know the next hit that you heard out of that camp was bling bling yeah right. that's the next hit after after juveniles run and you know basically he was taken from this artist that was established and not it, not the other way around it wasn't like yeah this is nwa and then you know these guys split well, off you're, and saying, then, you're saying bg no, I, he he was cannibalized by the collective. By, yeah, is what, the I, collective. what I'm saying. He, well, he I mean, was, to be fair to him, I mean, he had what slow down. Was that like, slow motion? Slow motion. Yeah, yeah. but that wasn't. That the, was later. That was way. That was way later. But I'm saying he had. He he kept it. I mean, he had another hit later on. Mm -hmm. But now he's falling off pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, he, he's definitely fall off, fallen off. And I think it's because he was cannibalized by his label. Well, yeah, I think a lot of, I mean, he influenced, I think, a lot of rappers, too. And, like, that's another thing, too. Like, sometimes you influence a lot of rappers, and they, I wouldn't say they do it better than Juvenile. But, like, take a guy like Little B, right? Like, a lot of guys, like, Little B has influenced a lot of rappers who have actually done it better. In my opinion, they've done it better. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, ASAP Rocky, like, I don't think he has as much creativity or originality as Little B, but he took some of his ideas. Even Trinidad James, who I'm not a fan of at all, but mm -hmm. like he, he kind of repackaged it in a more. <laughs> I like how I you had not, to say you're not. I do I'm not, not a fan like, of that nah, motherfucker. Nah, that's Fuck that dude. Nah, he's not. I tried, but come on. Hey, no, but re come on. Re real talk, like I think creativity, creativity goes 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 a long goes a long way. Yeah. And like if you're around like basically if you're around like uh if you're just working with the producer and you're on a label and you have your own freedom, you know, then you can like you yeah. know, you, you have more you have room to find your more, own style. Yeah, again. more more time to like come up with good ideas. How many fucking good ideas were juveniles on that Hot Boys record that he could have been using for his next record, dude? I need a hot girl was inspired by a, you know like <laughs> a, a soulful night yeah. inside the bayou. What else we got, man? Uh, I think the next one I think and um, well, is you know, I gotta say the most current example of a guy who fell the fuck off is Lil Wayne right now. Mm -hmm. Lil Wayne is like, I mean, and the thing about Lil Wayne is I think a lot of people, it's very tempting to be like, all right, well, Lil Wayne had this one great run in 2007, 2006, you know, after, between Carter 2 and Carter 3. Like, yeah. And that was, I mean, like, in hindsight, like, I think a lot of people weren't maybe on board at the time. Like, I was a little skeptical, but you have to kind of give him credit. When did, when did Hey DJ come out? But that's what go, I'm saying. Go DJ. When that's did that come out? I think that was, uh, like, 04. That was 04. I think from, it was 04. He was on steady incline from that song, in my mind. Not, yeah. not to the whole, whole world, but yeah. from that song all the way up into the Carter 3. But the thing about Lil Wayne is also, like, he had that song Shine. Like, he was, like, a, like, 02, 01. He was still, I mean, even the block is hot. It's still, it's, he was, like, improving. Oh, yeah. He was improving, yeah, and yeah. he was young. You know, you got to think about it. He was like 23, 24 years old. He was improving, and then he, he had his peak. But now, I mean, 
It was it, in that documentary, the the Carter, uh-huh. which I think is phenomenal. Yeah. It's sort of preordained at the end of that film too, yeah. when he's working on that next record and he's trying to plug away on a guitar, <sighs> and you can't even with editing make it look like he yeah. has any fucking clue what he's doing in that mm-hmm. studio. Uh, I saw him perform that like multiple times oh with the guitar. Oh my god! And it's he's like, and he's definitely a dude that's in a world he's surrounded by people telling him you are a genius. Yeah, Everything yeah, yeah. you touch is gold. You're yeah, amazing. Yeah. Stay in the studio 24 hours a day, and and you know unicorns are gonna fly out of your ass and turn yeah. I mean, platinum records. That's why that was that was actually Birdman's quote. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's why it's important like like to have somebody like just somebody that tells you no. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You need a friend yep. who tells you no. You know? Yeah. But also, like, you know, somebody should have maybe taught him how to play that motherfucker. No, I mean, that's, you come know? on. But come well, on. You can hire somebody. Well, look, at Scarf- hire- look at Scarface. He figured out how to play the guitar, but it took that motherfucker 15 years to fucking figure it out to the yeah. point of where he's good. Yeah. It doesn't come. I mean, who, what, they say you need, what is it, 10,000 hours, right? Yeah. You need 10,000 hours to, to be a pro with some shit, bro. Yeah. yeah not, not they say. I think Mac- Malcolm Gladwell. So who Malcolm, said that? Malcolm, well, Malcolm Gladwell's bastardizing a lot of other people's ideas, but yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Damn. But it, how in a way that I Shots wish fired. I could do. That's fine. We, we don't only talk shit about rappers. We talk shit about best-selling Fuck authors. Saul Bellow. Fuck Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're down with Chuck Palucnik, then fuck you too. Chino Woo! XL. Chino XL. <laughs> but you don't like Chuck Palahniuk? No, man, he sucks. You call him oh. Chuck Palahniuk? Whatever. I, I don't know. That's, you're pissed at him. that's so. That's so disrespectful. Yo, you I didn't read, even say his name right. I read Choke. He ruined. Choke is awful. He ruined the action of choking for Did me. Did you read Survivor? Nah, he, I didn't even like Fight Club all that much, honestly. And well, see, right. here's the thing: when it came out, it was, between me and my, all my friends, like that, that that was one of those things. Like due to peer pressure, I had to like. But like the the, um, the movie came out around the same time, which was Snatched, that I loved. Yeah, and nobody else liked it. And really? Then, no, none of my friends liked it because they're like, I can't understand what they're saying. I was like, uh, but back to little, you know. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. the point being, if you make a rap rock album, it's pretty much safe to say that you're gonna fall off. Yeah, just, like, I mean, well, let's well, learn well, from the lessons of Fred Durst. Man. Here's the thing: other than and, we, it's funny that we started off with that fucking <laughs> Dell Dinosaur Junior song. Yeah, or not Dinosaur Junior. That was uh, what's what's the, was from the Teenage from Fan the, Club and Dell's Judgment Night like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Judgment Night soundtrack. That is the only record that that did rap, rap and rock right, and much, it, it is yeah. yet to be. It's yet to Beastie be Boy, done. Beastie Boys, obviously. Really? Yes. What's what's what check record? your head. Is that the one with No Sleep uh, Till Brooklyn? No, that's no, less still. still. Check your head. Yeah. I like I, it's interesting how I've have you once lost me listening to Check Your Head? Uh re, probably really? the day MCA died. Oh really? Yeah. You didn't think it was amazing? I do think yeah. it's amazing. You yeah. don't think they did rock and rap? Well? I don't I I don't I don't for some reason I, that doesn't strike me as a rock record. It's a like, funk record, I think. Yeah, it is funk. I mean, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, a guitar yeah. record. Guitar well that's the other thing. People immediately Harder, say guitars yeah. and and rap, then it's rap and rock. But yeah. like there's Varying degrees of I, got, totally. I, got, I think I mean psychedelic like I mean E Dawn yeah. I think did a really good I mean that's psychedelic rock but yeah it sounds great I gotta say that Little Wayne falling off I think it it comes from he he did a whole lot for a very long time I think everybody he also went falls to jail off. and he got sober and like getting sober let's also talk shit. about drugs here let's just yeah, go right oh, into yeah. drugs because it's the elephant in the room especially when you're on opiates if you're an artist and you do drugs. And you stop doing drugs. Unless it's cocaine. Eminem. Eminem. Let's just go right into Eminem. If you stop doing drugs and you're an artist and you made your whole name and you hold your style was on doing drugs, you're probably going to like not be as good. Like, where is the example of art? I mean, I think you're gonna get really fat and become a shut-in. Yeah, I think if you're an artist, like like what was it like Andre? You know, Andre quit really early, did not do drugs. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But like, if you're like Lil Wayne, where you're literally on syrup for year, you know, years, you're smoking. There's only so long that you can do that, though. There is. I agree with you. And Lil Wayne had. 
he had a fucking a camp of young artists that were dope. He had Drake. He had fucking Nicki. Whether I don't know. He had Mac Main. He had Gutta Gutta. No, but then he, what's, <laughs> what's he had? He had Jay, Gutta Gutta for life. He had Jay Mills, which was like he was like you know a fucking tested New York street battle rapper. And he had that Indian had, guy, Sean Paul. Gilly. No, that's not Sean Paul. No, you know no. I'm talking about that guy that had the one song. It was like a number one hit. I don't know. He was a, he was a British Indian fellow. Oh yeah, yeah. It was on Cash Money. He was like yeah. I don't know. I don't know. know. But you know he had he had he had he had really really good artists around him and um now when you listen to those group records yeah. there's just the tag along guys that he's trying to create he also had currency that yeah, yeah currency i mean oh, wow. like yeah. currency know? currency i mean currency i mean that's a different topic but currency is a perfect example of a guy who like and, and i think why don't we just go right into i think the next part which is the guys that uh, you know for me i think this is probably the best year for 30 something rappers in the history of rap i thought you were gonna say unfortunate rap names no no unfortunate <laughs> rap names yeah i don't know if a dollar signs in it, it sounds pretty chill <laughs> <laughs> sounds pretty current and hip and um but currency, I think, like, example of a dude who didn't really blow up till he was about 30 years old, 29 years old. I mean, currency has such an interesting career because he was in No Limit. He was in, uh, he was on Cash Money with, with Wayne. And then he went solo and figured it out. I think a lot of it is based on, like, when you blow up. Like, a lot of people worked. I just interviewed Rock Marciano, too. And he was working to improve that whole time. And I think, like, if you blow up when you're 22, 23 years old, like, there, you lose that incentive to improve because you think that you'd already figured it out. So instead of, like, working to evolve and get better, you're trying to get back to almost where you were sometimes. Yeah. And I think the, the market is way different, man. I think with so much, like, uh, I don't think that uh, mindless young guy rap can really, uh, can really keep, uh, keep the market's attention for that long, you know? You need a veritable well of experiences you know, <laughs> well, let's talk about Odd Future, right? Like Odd Future, I feel like came in and everyone's like, "Oh my God, youthful energy!" And now it's like, "What are you gonna like? Are you gonna make good songs? Are you gonna like sell cat sweatshirts?" Yeah, and yeah. like I think, like Earl uh, is great. Like Earl has Earl, I think, is learning how to write really great songs. I think Tyler has it in him. But the other dudes, like, oh, can you think of one Odd Future song since Yonkers that anyone remembers? No, that isn't Earl. I don't think anyone can. Earl is like from another planet. Earl is just, yeah, Earl he, He's otherworldly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think there's also, whether people admit it or not, as, as artists, like Killer Mike and that album, which I think is one of the best of the year. Definitely. Killer is, Mike, uh, rap music. Is, so, not, yeah. is not making that record for 16-year-old kids that mm -mm. buy Odd Future no. and vice versa. You know, no, and, no. and now you're in a place where it becomes, they become more and more niche areas within the genre and i think it's just going to continue to splinter yeah i mean that, I mean that is a valid point i think it's like all right well like i mean off future i'm making music for me and they said that pretty no, clearly yeah. but i mean at the same time they like, hate you actually. they hate me yeah probably <laughs> until they meet you then they're like oh what's up yeah, yeah. how's it going hey i'm not really all mean except for haji yeah <laughs> <laughs> haji's cool not domo's cool domo's cool or else cool i mean you know they're they're they're, they're not like mm-hmm the satanic but kids are painted as but you can almost say you know real talk you can say that in the eyes i, I talk to kids in the street all the time my little cousins and whatever and you know yeah. like my my little cousin booby is a big 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 he's he's a he's a culver city half mexican half black you know a quarter white skateboarder yeah. he's their fucking demographic he must be cool yeah <laughs> no, is, his Boob, is his government name booby his his government name is keith you know but uh shout out to booby boy booby boy is real <laughs> but nah like he's He's their he's their demographic. He was yeah. the, he was a part of those those kids yeah. that that were like you know he was at the Troubadour for the first fucking you know yeah. uh, show the after show, yeah. you know and uh you know Roxanne, yeah. he 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 kind of they they fallen off to him you know really yeah yeah and reason being is because uh 
like you said, they just haven't been able to deliver anything. I think at the end of the day, like, I mean, we're talking, we're going to obviously, you know, we could talk about Juicy J right now. I think Juicy J is an example of somebody that fell off, Mm -hmm. came back. And he, like, I mean, the truth is it's because he had good songs. He had hooks. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that's just timeless. Like, you know, people want to talk about, oh, nobody cares about albums anymore, which may or may not be true. I don't think it's true. I think people really care about albums. Even when I was in the South, like, I was talking yeah. to a DJ, your boy Earl, about Flocka. And, you mm-hmm. know, on the internet, everyone's like, Flocka's the greatest rapper. And I like Flocka. Grove Street Party is an amazing song. Mm-hmm. Rooster Mara is a great song this year. But I was asking him, and I was like, you know, do people really fuck with Flocka like that? And he's like, yeah, for the singles. But he's like, at the end of the day, like, he's like, people aren't, like, jamming entire, maybe Flocka Valley, but, like, you know, that he said that uh, you know they weren't bumping the complete tapes like that because they wanted the art. The, if you're gonna keep going after the first two year run, you kind of have to become that album artist. Yeah, you have to be able to like build a fucking catalog of of, of work and like yeah. and and it has to. I don't know, man. Like. I think your goals have to change after you get older too. After yeah. you, after you release one record, okay, I release one record and this is my freshman thing and this is about this, right? Yeah. And like so, like what 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 is your next goal? Is it to do exactly what you did before because you can't do it. There's no, no. way that you can be the breakout artist twice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You have to be. You have to kind of rebrand yourself. I mean, I think Jay Z. You know, obviously is like probably we have to talk about Jay Z because Jay Z is. I mean, how many times has Jay Z rebranded himself? There been you know the, was, Memphis Bleak was the original Swag Dracula. No, he wasn't. But <laughs> but he was hanging out with younger kids. You know what I mean? It was interesting. Like he he's always you know he rebranded himself with Hard Knock Life yeah. uh, with uh, that single sampling Annie. That was a big deal when he was originally like I mean think about Jay Z originally he was the guy on from the graveyard from that Big L record. He was Hawaiian Sophie with 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 Jazz O. Yeah, you know like there's photos of there's uh, you know he's in my lifetime with the first song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know and then he slowly evolved and then he became you know the volume three. Or uh, you know the the do rag and the the corporal, you know, like he just yeah. be, he's always mm-hmm. blueprint, mm-hmm. you know, was like now he's like the symphonic suit rapper, you know, now, yeah. you know, yeah. it's also with someone like that though, it's a very conscious thing. Oh yeah, you know, like I he, mean, onto the next one is basically like a blueprint for money, you know, absolutely, like, kind of, like a guy who's consciously thinking about how he evolves his brand, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you know? and it's really hard to fucking. I think you know, for a guy like we take it back to guys like you know. uh most artists that we were talking about before, I'm not going to say any, any, anything in particular, but like to take, to look at your, your brand as being separate, separate from you, from looking at your product as being separate from you, right. to looking at like, you know, like, like, all right, my career is on the, on, on the uh, you know, decline. Not my career, but, you know, the, the artist that I created. Got to separate that from myself. Yeah. Well, what and- can I do as a businessman to like, to, uh, yeah. who, who can I collaborate, who can I co-brand myself with right now to, you know, to give myself a, a breath of fresh air? Yeah. What, where should I go to get production? Where, yeah. How can I dress up this store, remodel this motherfucker? Yeah. Well, we were talking about this fit. last week for our like fails of 2012 and it's like real easy to, f- to come off as really cynical and stupid like LL Cool J with Ratchet or Fat Joe with Instagram that hoe. Instagram like, you, that hoe. Yeah, you look like a fucking <laughs> fool like doing that, you know, mm-hmm. whereas Jay-Z managed to do it in a way that was he was either consciously anticipating the next trend or he was right he was catching the trend at the right part of the wave when you are old embrace your oldness okay <laughs> like, ju- right. like juicy J, he's just the perverted uncle that teaches kids how to get strippers phone numbers Ex- ah! <laughs> that's perfect he's the fairy godfather <laughs> the fairy the fairy, the fairy twerk father yeah man he's yeah. incredible he's my he's an american hero and i, I like I, I would like to edit out the words fairy and twerk and father all together yeah just <laughs> no, it's the deray yeah but that can't go but juicy J is also fun and he got the right production and his style also aged well and like a lot of it is just some styles that don't like drake drake is not gonna i, I i'm bet well i don't know drake might just sing 
but which you can age well if you sing definitely but i mean there's a lot of artists now that you can just tell like are not going to age well cash out i don't think we'll be seeing hey, you in five years my only thing i can say about drake is like drake he's a good like, songwriter. one thing if, if you are let's say let's say you know there's an artist that fills your niche right on some 48 laws of power shit do not work with that person yeah that song that he did with fucking kendrick just prove oh, yeah. that Kendrick can do exactly what he does, yeah. and that he has no he has no use left. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like like if there's somebody that that fills your niche, destroy them, <laughs> or like you know disavow their knowledge. But yeah. don't don't let them uh don't let them you know co-brand you know <laughs> with uh, you and take your fan base. And I was talking about I was talking about Rock Marciano earlier, but I think we were kind of another one that we're not talking about like an adult rapper is. is and I say adult with air quotes because it's two chains. Oh yeah. But like I, that, you know, I think that's really interesting. Cause two chains is thirty six years old, mm-hmm. and he obviously, you know, he was titty boy in in, in play a circle, and yeah. he actually had a big hit with uh, you know duffel bag boy. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I don't think anyone was like that was Wayne's song. I think and kind of they were along for the ride. That song was the chorus's song. That was the chorus. Anybody song. who, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, are there verses that aren't the chorus? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I wanted them to do that MTV Awards so bad. Like I interviewed him. I was like, I thought you were gonna do duffel bag boy with Little Wayne up there, and he was just like. Yeah, I want people. To, <laughs> it's like I want right. people to forget about that. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I was, but anyways, but in the history of rap, I don't think there's ever been like a 35 year old rapper that became like the most popular rapper for the first time. What about MF Doom? No, but he wasn't popular. Uh, like Two Chains, not like a radio rapper. Operation Doomsday. And, but he, he was he was young. He'd been around for a long time. But really? Yeah. He was probably 30. And also, like, I mean, he, when the gas phase, how old was was? Yeah, Zezlo but see, back but here's the time. thing. He's like we 18. Look, yeah. so that's, one is like the underground rap thing, and one is the mainstream rap thing. Right. And fucking Two Chains was in fucking DTP with Ludacris. So yeah, that's, right. that's 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 you know, yeah. and that was in the early 2000s or something like that, right? And fucking you know, Zeb Love X was on the shit in the early. But 90s. you can't compare that because like it's not like people in the hood were like going around bumping fucking MF Doom records the way no. that they're bumping. I'm different. I'm just thinking it's just two different markets, and one is like a macro, one is yeah. And I'm saying like the, the commercial no. market is usually very you skewing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's 18 to 45. Like, he's at 36 years old. He's on the very far end of 18 to 45. Like, demographics. Juicy J's 37. Yeah. We're talking about it. Like, you could just read this off. Rick Ross, 36 years old. Yeah. Rick Ross is another dude. Like, the game is more receptive. Rick Ross was on Slip and Slide, Trick Daddy's label. And mm-hmm. apparently, there's, like, rumors going around that, like, he would call up every day, like, to Atlantic and, like, just annoy them. Yeah. <laughs> like, just be like, oh, fucking Rick Ross is calling it's us Rick again. Rick Ross yeah. again. I just he's love like, that image. Oh. <gasps> Hello. <laughs> it's Tuesday. But yeah, man, because motherfuckers, uh, honestly, dude, like I think, like to change his 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 branding is on point. Like Amazing. this is the bo- the most boring shit. His branding is on point. He's always dressed like two chains is dressed. Yeah, his he has he has his uh, fucking ad libs. They're just like well branded. They're always yeah. in there. His his style. He can probably do rap another way. Yeah, oh, but he yeah. won't. <laughs> yeah, he's a much smarter guy than he leads on in his songs. You know, you can just tell. I don't know. I interviewed I, him. He was like whipping through shit about the business and like uh he like knew it. he he'd been in the game for a long time. You learn a lot of like even when I interviewed Juvenile, he was like you know, a lot of people think I think thought of Juvenile as new a rapper, but he like talked to that guy about business. It's like talking to like Warren Buffett. Not like I've talked to Warren Buffett, but like, uh, you know. You know. He knows. I don't think that you can be in the business of uh, talking and writing words no. and be stupid. No, you can't. There's, there's, Not no, to, there's no one that there's, gets that famous. There's no. <laughs> Except I'll tell you what, Wiz Khalifa. I interviewed that dude. Most boy, like there's just like it's a blank slate. Yeah, but I think wow. he's on some Rain Man shit though. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe, yeah. he's like, I'm not gonna tell you my thoughts, you know. But like, no, nah, there was not much. The, I interviewed Nicki Minaj, and there was definitely some Rain Man shit there where she was like, I'm gonna tell you nothing, and I'm just gonna say generic shit to you. Yeah. You could just tell that with Nicki Wiz was just like, whoa, yeah, you know, bro. 
Like <laughs> it's just not. I mean, but go on. But, but he was smart enough to stick to his character. I, there's, yeah. I, I've, I've never. Yeah, I've, I've met like I've met crazy rappers. I've met <laughs> like met, yeah. I, I, you know I've met fucking I've met crazy rappers. I've met lazy rappers. I've met shady rappers. <laughs> I've met baby. Rappers. I don't know. But like it's I've like never Dr. really Seuss. met. I've never have. I haven't met a, like a rapper that wasn't well read. I haven't met a. Rapper. I mean, I met some that weren't well read, but I've never yeah. met one that wasn't smart. Yeah, I mean, most of them. I like. I mean, most of the ones you ask, like, a well rapper, like, what do you, what books have you read? You know, they're always like, I read tons. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like such a dork. I'm like, oh, what books? <laughs> I want to like talk authors, and they're like, yeah, yeah like stuff. No, no <laughs> like, like I, I read bitches, homie. <laughs> yeah, they're like King. No, it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, they're like I read Descent and Partisan Re- and Paris Review. Asshole, yeah. fucking. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we're saying Killer Mike, right? Thirty-seven years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nas, Nas had probably the best album he's had. I, in my opinion, probably since it was written this year. Life is good. I still haven't heard that. We've talked about that record like five times. I really like that record. No, because he has a song like Daughters, where it's like basically he he learned from his experience, and I think that's if you're gonna be like you were talking earlier about like if you're gonna be an adult rapper, like just embrace that you're an old you just embrace your oldness like Nas is a song about having a young daughter who's coming home fucking these dudes like that are listening to Nas <laughs> and like he feels bad because he like he taught he, them to he taught, Nas. yeah that was his I mean he's the man who did Uchi Wally <laughs> like and they're like yeah. they're playing Uchi Wally upstairs fucking yeah. drinking fucking yeah. great goose and he feels smoking weed <laughs> and like and let's see that like if you're going to appeal to an older you know I think these guys are going to have to appeal to people that are like you know they appeal to people in their 20s I think for sure but they're going to appeal to people like in their 30s and he figured out a way Danny Brown is 31 right that you know Danny Brown's 31 currency's 31 Freddie Gibbs 30 Gunplay is 33 which is incredible that he's alive considering how much coke he's probably done but I mean I guess that kills my theory about cocaine not being good for you I loved when we uh, when we interviewed Slug because you mentioned yeah really Mm -hmm. like he really cuts through in the trailer he's 40 I mean, yeah. and that dude is has known historically as pulling seventeen year old girls in. That's true. You know, like the 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 mythology of Lucy Ford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and like by it, pulling seventeen, you mean like getting the, them to come to I your mean, shows. We're not trying to incriminate. Yes, yes fucking I slug on yeah, my I show. Saw, I was yes. one of my heroes. I went to a slug show like yeah. a year ago. It was at the Greek Theater. Everyone knew every song, and it's and a most mix. People, yeah, it was it's a very mix. It's and like slug really, didn't really blow. young. He's, mm. he's still getting. Very, very young people in the door, not pulling 17-year-olds. Yes, thank you and, for clarifying. And, and also, you know, people that have been with them the whole time. Yeah, in their I mean, because he's an artist, 40s. I think, and he figured out, a, I, at the end of the day, like, if you write a song that, like, people can connect with emotionally, it doesn't matter how and old And Slug are, didn't yeah. blow up until he was, like, 31. No. Well, we were talking about that earlier with, with Kanye, didn't really blow up until his late 20s. Jay-Z didn't really blow up. You know, Rock Marciano, like, nobody heard of Rock Marciano until, like, last year. Dude's, like, uh, probably in his late 30s right now. Yeah. You know. M, uh, M and 50 were, were both told by their labels to lie to say that they were younger. 50, 50 is, I think, actually 50 now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's in... <laughs> Probably is. Dude, like, in the, past the 90s, bro, like, here's the thing. I'm going to just say say this. All right, everybody falls off. Yeah. And most people that Not get on... Roth. And most people that, that get on and really and really last and really make, make an impact are... At least twenty seven. You know what? Yeah. You know when Reasonable Doubt dropped, Jay Z was twenty eight, right? Some somewhere around that mid twenty, mid to late twenties. You know, like you know, like it's that that young man's game shit is not not in, that's just not true. And falling off, that's just so natural. Yeah, and it's not to say I don't think that young rappers can't have an impact. I mean, I think there is a lot of room for I mean, hip hop. I think will always be probably more of a young man's art form. I don't mm-hmm. think it's like, mm-hmm. but I think and that energy is like I think a lot of people really do respond to that energy. But I think at the same time, like it's no longer it's no longer the only thing that matters. I think mm-hmm. at the time, you know, when like we were talking about Rockham and Big Daddy Kane and those guys, Cool G Rap, those guys were like 23, 24, and then they didn't really. They, they, that, 
I feel bad for that generation because they really didn't. The game wasn't the rap, rap wasn't structured for them to age gracefully. That's at that time. also why when you when people talk about Nas and Illmatic and say, "Oh, stop talking about Illmatic," think about how young Nas was when yeah. he wrote Illmatic. Yeah. Not too many eighteen-year-old kids have anything of interest yeah. to say. Yeah. Let alone something. Yeah. Well, I mean. That you know the infamous the infamous look at i mean I, I'm, yeah. that album's one of my favorite albums ever you know, those guys were like 17 17 years old you know and juvenile hell they probably were 15 yeah. which isn't as good but at the same time like and now i mean i don't think anyone cares about prodigy <laughs> the same <laughs> but way but they were like art school kids though yeah so but like so they were like performing art school kids so, but, so is earl um, i mean of. yeah and so like if we can say that happened twice like it's probably happened a million times. The whole fucking, which is a different type of rap, but like the jerk movement. All those kids were like yeah. Hamilton kids. Yeah. So, oh, it's amazing that these kids no, think, they they were in classes, creative writing classes yeah. and performing arts classes. I think the moral of the story here. is, if you're listening to this, if you want your son to be a teenage rapper or a daughter, just send them to a performing arts school. Send yeah. them to a good magnet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tupac so, so any any before, yeah. thoughts? Any last thoughts, guys? As we as we wind down another. Yeah. Glorious episode of Shots Fired. When I walk into the studio, I'm in a good mood. By the time I'm like done with these motherfucking uh, podcasts, I'm all angry. We and shit. fight outside I don't every time. Do this anymore. I've never won, but I'm coming closer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have any thoughts, Paul? Any? You know? I'm pretty sure magic is not real. All right, that's what I learned today. You heard it here first. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You got any last words, man? It's Monday, man. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I never have any last words. I, I don't like being put in the spot like that. I just uh, like dancing. Real, real talk. Last words. All right. This, this, like, I'm, I'm gonna take off the mask and get serious. I think that uh, that uh, falling off is a natural part of an artist's, you know, progression. And if the, someone doesn't fall off, they're doing, uh, they're either neglecting their personal <laughs> life or they're swag Dracula-ing often, and they're hurting people. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, honestly, for last words, I don't think there is a right answer or a wrong mm. answer. I think, you know, I think all art is, is mm. completely an independent thing for each, each person themselves. Mm. I think you can, I think you have to work to get better. I think it probably helps you. I think once people grow, I think Kanye kind of said it and it was a really good po point. Like once you blow up, you kind of freeze. You know what I mean? It's hard to kind of like get back to where you were. You know, Jack White, you know, the White Stripes have a song called Little Room. And it's like mm. basically about like how when you get in these big rooms, you have to go back to that little room where you started from. And you have to, you know, remember why you're doing it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think the artists that can go back to that little room are the ones that end up kind of thriving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my real last words would just be to say thanks. Thanks for having us. And thanks. if we can yeah. plug the film. Yeah, Adult it's, Rappers, when does that? Uh, it's not. We're still actually filming. My editor went in for back surgery, which put us finishing the film on hold that's a pretty adult surgery yes it's very yeah. adult uh so in the meantime we're still shooting so we interviewed merce and evidence yesterday um we're still picking people off as we go but we will be finished for festival season next year so mm. end of this year we'll be able to start and we'll probably keep trickling things out because there's a lot of stuff that just can't make it into a film that's not nine hours long totally. um but these guys are all storytellers so a lot of them just tell great stories so it's fun to just yeah shoot some of that stuff out there and share it with people mm -hmm. definitely and i'll personally shout my yeah listen to passion go to passion of the Lice if you want to read uh long-winded screeds about state of music you want to shout yourself out uh yeah um <laughs> shit dude i got a record coming out february 5th called jimmy the burnout uh this will probably air after this next single drops but uh go on google go on youtube and type in this is the first single where's the money and then the next single will be uh up in the air who i got to work with a really beautiful uh model on this uh did you fall off video. on this album or no 
I mean, I mean, I'm I'm falling off every time I every time I write a song. Yeah, you know, I'm just totally saying, saying fuck my old fan base and I want new yeah. ones. No, I'm just joking. Uh, but <laughs> this song is called Up in the Air, and I got to work with a really really pretty and uh and really amazing uh, girl named Fa. She's from uh, Jakarta, and she you know she helped me turn my swag up on this one. So yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. You swag Dracula at her. <laughs> I don't know, man. I Not her. yet. <laughs> <laughs> This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead.